So welcome to this new episode of CX Leadership Talks, where we together dive into the world of customer experience and leadership with leading experts in the field. And this episode, I sit down with the insightful Barry Wildhagen, and we explore the intersection of data management, customer experience, and leadership. And I'm going to be honest, data-driven CX is such an important topic that we need to learn much more about. It's important now but also towards the future. And you need to listen to this episode. So later you can talk data-driven CX like a pro and you've got a couple of golden nuggets. Please listen this one to the end because it's magic. My guest is Buddy Wildhagen and he is a seasoned professional in the data area, currently serving as the community of practice leader for customer experience at Informatica's technical sales organization. With a background in data management, he is responsible for creating a body of knowledge around CX with a focus on incorporating data and data management principles. He shares valuable advice on habits for success, drawing inspiration from the experiences of, well, even astronauts in space, but also, of course, his own consulting projects. And he is a great storyteller. You're going to find out. Our conversation, it delves into the challenges and opportunities of data-driven CX, We're touching on topics like AI integration, customer data storytelling, and the evolving role of data professionals. We also discuss the upcoming Informatica Data, um, MDM and uh, Data Governance Summit. Uh, We're offering you a glimpse into the value it holds for you as a leader. Get ready to broaden your horizon and gain actionable insights and leverage data for exceptional customer experiences. In the age of the customer, many companies and organizations fall short in meeting the needs and wants of their customers, let alone exceeding them. And it's time to change that. Welcome to CX Leadership Talks. Our passion is to be a catalyst for you and your organization as a customer experience leader to help understand, design, and improve experiences across the entire customer journey and the customer lifetime. It's time to spice up your CX leadership and we've got the pro who's going to talk you through it. This is CX Leadership Talks. And now, your host, Ninka Bloom. So, as I already told everybody of you, we have a guest in the room. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yes, it's uh, incredible to see you, buddy. Um, uh, in the Netherlands, uh, you are also from the Netherlands. Doesn't really happen Correct. a lot. Um, we would say Barry Wildhagen. But how do you pronounce it in um, in English? Is it Barry Wildhagen or what do you make from it? Oh, wow. Well, so I've, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I even asked myself the question when I introduced myself to an English-speaking audience because uh, I've been referred to as uh, Barry Wildhagen. Uh, sometimes people call me Barry Wildhagen, which sounds rather wild, right? Um so it can be any of those things. I'll, uh, you know, it, it's all good. Yeah, you'll, you'll take it. You'll take it. Yeah. It's I'll always interesting it. how to pronounce names. My, my name uh, has uh, many, many formats if you put it into, uh, into speaking. But um, it's always interesting. Our profession is sometimes difficult to explain. And if, if somebody asks you what you do and you have to introduce yourself in the room, what, what do you say? Yeah. So, I mean, that depends a bit on the audience because um, when I when I talk to professionals, right, people that are in the data profession, because that's originally where I come from, um, I can throw in some terminology and people will understand that. Uh, but when I have to explain it to my mom, for instance, um, you know, it, it's a different uh, a different uh, response. Let me put it this way. So, um, my current role is that of um, 
you know, community of practice leader for customer experience. And that is a function which was newly created within Informatica's uh, technical sales organization. And basically what we have to do is we have to bring together uh, sort of a, or create a body of knowledge around the topic of customer experience, but then with a data and data management flavor. Um, so it goes across the organization, right? And it can even include external um, you know, partners and, and even customers. So that's what I do uh, today. Yeah, very exciting. Um, we're taping this. I have to have a look. It's the 2nd of February. And um, yesterday I posted something on LinkedIn on uh, AI for CX leaders. And it was very interesting because there was a whole a lot of conversation on it. And one somebody said we were talking about, I said, well, it's still actually AI is there. And we're going to talk about that a little later too. But um, uh, but for a lot of CX leaders, pretty new. And then he said, yeah, but it's not new because it's been there already for a long time. It's been building up. I said, he said, but mm. the biggest problem is that it's not new. The biggest problem is that, that he said, um, I'm, I'm going to read it out loud because I, I uh, the, the lack of progression doesn't even have to do with that. The, the, uh, it, it was in Dutch. So it has to do with uh, how to make AI practical, but it's really a, a thing that the good data set because of the data silos and the not organized CRM system as one of the silos and the meager investments of the first implementation and sprint, that data is not in order to do really well data-driven CX and applications on AI. Hey. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's actually a very good point. And it's, it, it couldn't be further from the truth because um, I think when a lot of organizations underestimate um, you know, the value of data and the impact that it has on their business applications and that support their business processes. Um, and it, it, it's the same for AI. I mean, AI algorithms have been around for decades, right? It's, it's not like we've been doing this uh, for the past two or three years. We've been doing AI for, for a really long time. The challenge with AI was always that, on the one hand, we didn't have the compute power uh, to actually do something with it, right? Yep. Meaningful, because um, it requires a lot of computing power. And the second one is, um, you know, you can have the best algorithm in the world, right? It is meaningless, completely meaningless, if you do not train it uh, with good quality uh, data. Uh, or use yep. it with good quality data, right? Um, yeah. And that's why I think for a lot of companies that the focus really is on, on AI and it's AI this, AI that, but a lot of companies forget that uh, AI can only become a success if you have good quality data that flows through it or that you train your algorithms on it. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because we're taping this also in uh, the sequel because on the 13th of March is going to be a huge event on MDM, um, Master of Data Management and Data Governance and DG. So uh, the abbreviation MDM and DG. So uh, I've been asked to host it and co-host it uh, with a colleague of yours. Uh, and I think it's very interesting for my listeners, for the CX leaders out there. But in, in our words, MDM and DG, can you give it some meaning? Yeah. And actually, I... Um I mean, for, for preparation, you gave me this question, right? And I, I thought to myself, I, I can give a very, um, you know, semi-technical answer, but your audience will likely not, um, uh, you know, grasp those concepts. So let me put it very, very simple, right? So when you look at any organization, 
uh, an organization exists, they have business processes and these business processes like customer onboarding or, you know, any of those customer facing uh, processes, they produce and consume uh, data, right? They, these transactions, these events, they are registered in systems. Um, and what typically happens is such a business process like the, um, you know, the, uh, the onboarding of a customer from a lead all the way through a prospect to being a customer to the sort of the, uh, the life cycle of a customer, um, it, it flows through different business systems. So for the listeners of the podcast so, who are not watching a video, my cat just decided to jump on my lap. Okay. Yep. All right. But continue. Yeah, so we just continue, continue. Cat video. Anyway, so, yeah. so, but these, these do so everything, this, do everything for the audience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is truly a circus. Very good. Yeah. So, uh, so the, the business process may seem like a single business process, but it spans multiple business applications. Now, Every single business application has a particular task in that business process. It has its own users. They produce and consume data. So before you know it, you have this federated landscape of systems with also siloed uh, data in them, right? Yeah. Now, the challenge becomes when for a certain business process, that data also needs to go from one application to another. Um, and what a technology like MDM does is it makes sure that that information is of high quality. That's the first. And the second, that it is consistent across all the systems. So when, for instance, a customer uh, you know, passes on a, a change of address through the web portal, right, um, that within a matter of minutes, you know, when he calls the uh, customer contact center later, that that average change will have, will have already been processed. And it is consistent in all of the systems, uh, you know, that are customer facing. Um, so, so that's what MDM does. Now, what data governance does onto that is data governance essentially is the, let's call it the uh, description um, you know, of that data in terms of, uh, you know, the policies, the definitions, but also where it resides, right? So if uh, for like GDPR, right, the, um, um, the right to be forgotten, where actually is that customer information and is it sensitive, right? Because for some uh, business processes, we may actually want to retain some of that customer data, legit, right? But for some, we, we need to get rid of it. So, so where is that data and uh, is it sensitive and can I get rid of it then? Uh, so all these data-related questions have a direct impact on the business application where that data resides, as well as the business processes, right? So that's kind of how it impacts. This is the sort of the three-tier layer I always lay out uh, in yeah. my customer conversations. So, and, and for the listeners, right? So, because the listeners often are not responsible for that data processes about data management uh, and about data governance. Who in organizations, what kind of titles are responsible for these? Because I think it is very important for us to know about it. So that's why I'm taping this podcast. But if they want to know more, who should they go to in the organization? Yeah, and actually, this is a really good question because this highly depends on the maturity of the organization. And surprisingly, uh, you know, you'll have the the early adopters uh, that really see data as an asset, as an as an opportunity, right? Uh, and they will have uh, you know CDOs, so a chief data officer. Um, uh, you know, they will have CIOs that also uh, look after uh, you know data and analytics. 
that they will have data stewards, they will have owners of, of data. Uh, very often it is tied to a data literacy program, right? Where we, we train employees in uh, you know, how important data actually is and what the impact of data is uh, through all of our business application and business processes. Um, so those are typical functions that you will come across. Um, but I've also seen organizations that, that really struggle uh, with this, where the maturity, uh, you know, when it comes to data and data management is really, really low. And what you often see there is that, um, you know, the data literacy is also very low. And then it sort of becomes a grassroots, um, uh, you know, thing where people, they, you know, they know that something is wrong with the data, but they don't really have any process or means or tools or, or functions or roles, yeah. uh, you know, and, and people with responsibilities to, you know, to bring that up and to raise it and to, uh, and to change that. And that's where they struggle. Okay, yeah. right? And then it's very I often find it, uh, a data architect or someone someone smart yeah. comes up with say hey we need to do something about this um for the people that have never been a guest on my podcast i meticulously prepare this with a lot of questions and we're now going very much off script so i uh, already apologize but we'll get back in a second <laughs> but uh, somehow it, it, this sure. is really i find it interesting because when we look at customer experience management there's also a maturity within an organization how mature are you when it comes yeah. to customer experience has it been organized is there somebody responsible also on the governance and organizational part do you have a clear strategy when you're a commercial um, is it clear why a customer should pick you do you have clear brand values do you have like service promises, even when you are um, uh, in, in, in the government domains. Could it be, and this is a, hyp a hypothetical, that the maturity of customer experience management is maybe as mature as the data practices within organizations? Could it be that it might be a little bit the same? That when you're oh, not absolutely. that mature yeah. on CX, you're not that mature on, and when you yeah. are very mature on CX, on, on, oh, when you are very mature on um, on data, uh, on MDM and DG, that you're also very mature on customer experience. I don't know. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I truly believe that because, um, you know, they are, these two are linked, right? You cannot be, you cannot excel in, in customer experience if you don't have any means of measuring it, right? And the way that we measure yeah. it is by collecting data. Now, I know that collecting data is not the primary task of customer experience. The, the true nope. task of customer experience is to provide a, you know, a good customer experience. Yeah. But with that comes a bit of housekeeping uh, that you need to do. And because um, how are you going to improve on customer experience if, if you don't have any KPIs or you don't have anything to, to measure it on? Right? We, we cannot do this on gut feeling. Right? Um, it may feel good, but you don't really know unless you measure it. And the way that you measure yeah. it is, is expressed in, in data. So I truly believe what you said, that that is absolutely true. It could also be actually the other way around, right? So we have organizations that absolutely champion the, the data domain. And uh, it then comes down to the application of, hey, where can we use this data for, right? What, what can we actually provide to our customers um, you know, that they, they can use, they could even use some of that data and some of the reporting, right, for their own uh, benefit, right? We see this a lot with um, like utilities right now, you know, yeah. years ago, the only way we would have known how much energy we are, uh, you know, consuming would be by opening the 
meter closet, as we say in, in Dutch, the meterkast, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And look at the meter. And, and uh, But nowadays we have tools that are able to monitor that. We have advisors that tell us, hey, um, you know, uh, at certain hours, uh, you could spend some less energy uh, or maybe you have to change. Uh, there are even, and I, I saw that there are applications that will tell you which device is consuming most energy in yeah. your household. Now talk about customer experience, right? That is absolutely data-driven. So yes, yeah. I truly believe that they go hand in hand. Yeah. Well, looking at the um, uh, uh, data-driven CX, and especially when you look at uh, Master of Data Management, Data Governance, I'm not going to say it all the time. I'll just call it data-driven CX. Uh, and sure. where can 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 it help revolutionize customer experience? Because you already talked about measuring. What Do you have... Um, yeah some suggestions? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, there are two ways where, um, you know, um, data can actually drive customer experience now. And it comes down to the, the again, the producing and consuming of, uh, of that data. So um, what we're going to see, and I know we're going to talk about AI, so I won't specifically mention it uh, here. We, we can talk about that a bit more, but especially if it, uh, you know, in terms of automating certain processes, making things smarter, right? This is really where uh, data and data management uh, uh, you know, can drive some of the experiences, uh, you know, with that customers have. Um, I mean, in the old days, when you look at the the amount of channels that customers had to interact with you as an organization, it was either, you know, a physical branch somewhere, you would go someplace and then interact or maybe later you could phone up uh, the organization and uh, and have an interaction there. But nowadays there are so many touch points right, that customers have and just the sheer volume of, of data that is being uh, produced and consumed through those various channels, it means that we, we can no longer do this uh, you know, just by, by, by humans, right? We, we can throw yeah. a number of bodies at it and there comes a point where it's, it's just not scalable, right? So we, we need automation and we need something smart uh, to, uh, to, to basically manage that data. And then there's the other side is where we can actually use that data to uh, look for certain patterns, right? Look for certain customer behaviors. You know, when is the point that uh, customers actually start to start to churn, right? Well, what is the, what is the indicator uh, for that? And we can derive that from, from data or, you know, the net promoter score, those uh, customers that are actually raving uh, fans of our organization, you know, what drives them? What, what was the event that, that triggered that? Right. And the answer lies in, in the data. Um, yeah. so I think there's a lot to be said uh, about, about how you can actually and use data to drive customer experience uh, in in that sense. I think it is, is um, there are some customer experience leaders that are really rocking it, but I also know that many of them aren't. So this is uh, an area that, and, and, and also many of the CX leaders I know, they're measuring like either CSAT or NPS, do it with surveys, and they really want to improve in customer journeys and they want to see like do benefit tracking in the projects. And then they like, the data. So I think it's it's very important. And when you look at uh, customer-centric growth and when you look at the approach that you are talking about and from Informatica, how do you help uh, enable organizations to better understand and engage with customers? Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I find this question a little bit difficult because, and I'll, I'll explain why. Um, 
because data management tools, if you will, right? Yeah. We are often not the heroes in the customer experience um, you know, journey. It is very often the the applications, the, you know, everything that is customer facing, you know, the data management suite that sits in the background, they're basically the plumbers, right? We, we make sure that the water flows and that everything is, is fine. Um, I compare it a bit with, um, you know, first time we, we, uh, did some uh, construction work, uh, in the house, right? Um, I mean, the first week you could almost not see that, that anything happened, right? But a lot actually happened. Yep. And, and the the fundament. Yeah. It's all in the, the fundament, exactly. It's it's the yeah. uh, you know the plumbing, it's the pipes, it's the electricity, et cetera, et cetera. And um, but you need that foundation, you know, for for a customer experience program to to work on, right? So yeah. So this is what we at Informatica, um, and maybe that's also a bit in 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 our uh, you know marketing and and how we expose ourselves uh, to the world. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, data, and it's funny you mentioned this because I always say to my customers, you know, data is is not sexy at all, but it is hot as potatoes, right? Um, uh, everyone, you know, needs it. Everyone will require it. And the way that we position ourselves in such uh, journeys is really, um, you know, from a fundament uh, perspective, if you have, you know, good data, good data maturity, a lot of those business applications will function better, right? And in turn, your business processes will run better uh, with with good quality data. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's the only way that you can really position it because we're not, you know, Informatica is not going to cure cancer, right? If if you you put it out um, no. as uh, as blunt as that, but you know, but in, in customer experience, we're also not we're not curing cancer. So the only thing we can do yeah. is maybe. Uh, help um, and when people have it have better experiences be better treated uh, all those kinds of things but when looking at what are when you look at data-driven cx and strategies what are common challenges you see so our audience will recognize hey we have that in our organization yeah um I mean, one of the biggest challenges, and, and we talked about this already a little bit, and I don't know in your experience, uh, Minka, when, when you were doing customer experience programs, but what I typically find very challenging is, is when, when uh, customers have, you know, low uh, data literacy. Um, so they, they, they just fail to see the importance of, of data, and they will talk about processes and, and people, how they organize that, and maybe talk about a technology or tool, right? Um, but it's not just about the people process and, and the and the tool. You know, the, the data is just as important because if you do not have that data foundation, it is, you know, it's high risk. It um, I've seen a lot of um, you know, programs, business focused programs fail because the organization just did not get their data in order, right? Uh, they were too busy in keeping the lights on and just, you know, um, the, the budgets, they would all go in the direction of just keeping business as usual, right? There was almost no yeah. room for innovation. And I, and I think especially, you know, with um, the world changing as it is in terms of technologies and, and, and how uh, customer demand is, is changing, um, you know, you, um, you, you just cannot escape from, from the fact that you need to have some form of data literacy in the organization. That is one of the, the biggest challenges I find in my conversations with, with organizations that they fail to see the value of that. And also they don't know how to improve. 
right? That that's another no. way. Um, no, I, I think that's I think that's a, one of the common challenges is data illiteracy. What what is, is there another challenge you see? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so there there are some more technical challenges. Like uh, you'll have uh, customers that have uh, you know systems that uh, that could be very very old and outdated. Uh, you, you say that, that for me. That's debt. your for yeah. That's that's your your customers, but for us organizations with a legacy uh, of yeah. well, yeah, that's very old fashioned. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So uh, so old systems uh, and and uh, th that cost a lot of money uh, to to maintain. Yeah. Um, sometimes we also see that that staff uh, you know is is not. Um, you know, trained or up to speed kind of goes into the data literacy, but but not exactly because they are so entrenched in in the old ways of uh, of working that it becomes very difficult for them to uh, to ha handle the change, right? Handle the change in in culture, handle the change in way oh, of yeah. working, yeah, uh, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. One. Yeah. <laughs> when 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 looking at um at those challenges, because I think many of my listeners recognize this do, do you have a compelling case study where where without with informatica or from in, in mgm and 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 data governance where you significantly improved a customer's or a company's customer experience where you say well we did this and that and that really helped to build well we did the plumbing so well yeah yeah, so I've, I've got a few from personal experience, uh, actually. There um, there was once where I actually did, so this was in my consulting year still with, with Informatica, right? I, I've been, this is my 20th year, by the way, at, at Informatica, during the introduction. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, don't well, worry, but that's a good thing. We we drip little things during the podcast. They get to know you. Yeah, exactly. Is it Buddy Wildhagen or Wildhagen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so in twenty years, in my consulting years, uh, especially in the beginning, um, you know, I was uh, I was doing a project with a uh, a, a large publisher, actually international publisher, and um, they were working on this what they call this uh, customer marketing database, right? This was for their uh, their database marketing department. Now, I mean, you cannot get more customer experience. Than that, right? This is the sort of the heart of the organization where all of the the customers, the customer preferences, the you know what they like, what their behavior is, what they store in there, and they had a campaign management tool uh, on top of that, uh, right? But prior to this project, this was actually the, the compelling event for them to to start on this journey of you know trying to improve their their data. You know, they would have cases where in a single mailing campaign. Right, a uh, you know a customer or lead a prospect, they would get seventeen mailings from the same campaign. Right, uh -oh. and they sent that back. They sent that all back. They're like, guys, come on, what's going on? And these would include uh, you know contacts under slightly different names, slightly different. And it would include uh, contacts that did not work there anymore. Right, they were just so, um, you know, and, and that. To a large extent, was was all because of the you know the duplicates we had in the in the data uh, and and the data that that was just not you know up to par. And then the director of the database marketing uh, you know uh, department, he basically came to me and he said, "Well, Barry, you guys at Informatica, you do this all the time, right? So uh, you probably have some uh, some data quality rules uh, you know up your sleeves, and uh, and you just implement this in in two uh, two weeks, we're done, right?" 
and said, actually, you know, likely we are not done. And this was an open office space. So I asked him like bluntly, can you, can you tell me, you know, what a, a duplicate would be, right? A duplicate customer and, and what makes a customer unique, right? In your view. And he, he says, well, it's, it's just, uh, you know, name, address, uh, and maybe birth date. And, and that would make the customer unique. And given it was an open office space, other people were actually listening in. And they started to chime into that conversation saying, yeah, but this person could have different roles, right? And it depends on the role. So he could be the, the um, you know, the chair of the local chess club and he needs some, uh, you know, uh, articles and, and content from us uh, to, you know, basically do that function. But at the same time, he could be a lawyer at this large uh, law firm, right? Which is a different role, but it's the same person, right? So... And so they, they started this, this wild conversation and debate uh, about, you know, how we want to approach our customers, uh, what data points do we need for that, uh, how do we segment uh, our customers, uh, you know, all based on, on that single question, like, can you tell me how you uniquely identify a, a customer in your database? And to me, that's really when it, when it struck me, you know, there is no single definition uh, for this, that you can just roll out, um, you know, standard. It, it's, it depends on the use case, depends on the organization. There are so many factors that it depends on. And that is why, you know, data management as, as a whole, it's a job, you know, it's, it's a function. Yeah. It's, it's not something yeah. to do on the side. So. What, what I think is very important for the listener and uh, I, I hope you agree or you disagree. I don't, I don't really mind, but then we have a conversation about it. Is that for the CX leaders out there is that they have a common a basic knowledge of, um, of data-driven CX. They don't have to work with it day in, day out because there's probably other people in the organization, but they need to be a good sparring partner for the person on the other side. I also think, so I, I, a role that they have might be a sparring partner. I also think they should be able to bridge combine people where they see, especially when some customer experiences are broken and they should go friction, uh, friction hunting, that they have the right data and, well, bridge people to fix it. Um, uh, yeah. I think they should also be maybe sometimes, um, well, not a police cop, that sounds really bad, but to see that um, where do we do it in a good way when it comes to customers? Do we do it in a, is it annoying how we sometimes approach it? Like, for example, I just, I bought something. Um, uh, yeah, this is a weird thing, but I bought a, a sauna sleeping bag. So I really like a sauna, but I don't, I live in an old hospital, very difficult to buy, to build a sauna somewhere here. So yeah. I have an apartment in that. So I've found that, that so I bought like, it's, it's a, a sleeping bag and it becomes warm and then you sweat and then you clean it later. It's perfect. It's really perfect. But I bought this thing and then the oh, weeks after, <clears throat> in the weeks after, every week I received like four or five emails to get me to buy another sauna sleeping. And I'm like, I need one. I, I just I need one. one. I got one. Hello. Stop this. And then they started yeah. doing that on Instagram, hitting me with, with, uh, and then also on, I think Facebook. And I'm like, something is going wrong here. And I think the role for us, customer experience managers, we should listen out there. And probably I said something on social media, stop this. And with those data, for example, if, if I stop the Instagram and I email back, I already have this thing. Um, 
they, they, we should also be a little bit the police officer on that. Like, oops, we're doing something wrong with the data and then bridge with yeah. the... But we need a common understanding of language. I think for us, CX leaders, very important so that when we talk with the data people, let's call them like that, <laughs> the data, our data friends in organizations, um, yeah. that we know what data to ask. Yeah. The data, the data yeah. nuts. Yeah, we've got the CX crazies and then we've got the data nuts. Yeah. But I think it's very yeah. important that, yeah, that we have that common knowledge for to have the right conversation and, and to, to ask the right questions. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you, uh, Nienke, on, on that. Actually, it's a partnership, right? Um, yeah. And, and again, you know, coming back to the, to the, the, the literacy thing and, and the maturity, you know, I sometimes hear um, you know, people in the business, so we, we, we kind of had this divide, right? There's, there's business and there's IT. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I know that, that, right? Because I was, yeah. I was responsible for the front of the IT department. So I, was, I had uh, at my time at the insurance company, before I became an entrepreneur, I had 100 people in IT that I was responsible for. And we had 14 information management uh, departments that were giving their requirements to us. And the biggest problem that we face is that within the requirements, they already already written what kind of applications they wanted, but we had to rationalize yeah. Uh, our systems. Uh, so we had to really create a whole new way of requirement management, of testing. So I had 100 people, information analysts and business consultants. And this was actually, I was IT, they were business. And there needed to be this yeah, handshake. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and uh, in some of that is a function that is missing. And, and I think especially for, you know, data-driven uh, customer experience, you know, um, IT will have the you know, the technologies, the methodologies, and, and from a data management perspective, they will know how to do it. But they need to be told, you know, what the context is, what is important. They're not subject matter experts, right? The CX professionals, they are the subject matter experts. So they will be able to, to frame it. I mean, I, I love storytelling, right? Um, one of the things that, that uh, I think is, is very often lacking uh, you know, in the data management space is storytelling, right? We, we always throw around these terms and terminologies like MDM and data governance, et cetera. But what does it actually mean? You know, what does it bring for me? And for that, you need context, right? So, yeah. um, and the only way you can bring context alive is by going through these customer stories. Like, hey, I had this customer the other day, um, you know, uh, I had a similar experience, but with an insurance company uh, who we moved right and we did the uh, the, the post nl uh, address uh, change help uh, you know thingy where yeah. automatically all the posts get sent to your new address yeah that's and, uh, incredible it's a service here in the netherlands that when you move house you yeah. move from one city to the other wherever that they redirect your mail for i think half half a year or something like that Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so we did that and everything worked, uh, but apparently not everything because at some point, uh, you know, we got a letter at home that the insurance of one of our cars was actually canceled. And not only that, uh, and I don't know the English word for it, but we were right. So what that means yeah. is that we were, you were canceled from getting any type of, yeah. we were canceled. Exactly. We were canceled. You were canceled. Any type of block insurance. Yeah. And, but, but the impact of that is, you know, that car cannot even be on the public road, right? Yeah. Because it's uninsured. And if you get caught, right, you, you pay a huge fine. And if, if yeah. God forbid, if you get an accident, right? So, but because we were canceled, 
I could not go to, uh, first off, I complained, right? Um, and, but they wouldn't let me in again because I said, yeah, you're canceled. I said, yeah, but we're canceled because of your mistake. You sent and tried to contact us, you know, at the wrong address because they sent letters that, yeah. you know, our policy was about to expire and we never responded to them. Yeah. We were never there, but they never checked or never sent us email, right? So, uh, and, and the, the funny thing was, Nienke, that uh, this was an insurance company, which was a brand of the company where we got our mortgage, our bank account. So, and they Whoa, knew. so they knew that you moved. They knew, yes. They knew that we moved, but this particular brand of that insurance company, it's a bank and insurance company in the Netherlands. They, for some reason, did not get the, uh, yep. they didn't get the notice. They didn't and have the MDM that, in order. They didn't have the MDM. Now I'm getting to be also correct. a little bit of an expert. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because, and we need, uh, we did, and, yeah. And it's, it's funny because I, uh, when we were asked to pitch to them for an MDM system, I used this you know, my own experience in, in this, uh, and they were flabbergasted. They were like, wow, can we actually use your story in order for us to create the business case of why we need this system? Um, because it, it was, it had huge implications, right? Um, ultimately they sort of, as a gesture, you know, they said, okay, we'll bring you back, etc." But, but it was, it was really, they were almost blaming me, you know, for, yep. for not, Passing on the address notification, not or having a really bad plumbing in uh, in data. I think, especially looking at time, because we don't. I think this is for me, for everybody listening, and maybe you're listening after the thirteenth. Um, that's too bad, but maybe you can have a rerun look at the webinar they're going to tape. I think it's really important that the listeners will get like a basic understanding of what it is, uh, of what is MDM, what is data governance, um, and it's going to be like an hour and a half. Uh, in the show notes, there will be a link where they can register because I think CX leaders should have a basic knowledge of data management and to have that conversation. So I think we, because we're still in the preparation uh, with uh, Isling on the, uh, um, on the content, we should put some elements in there, how to bridge this conversation and how that is, that, that should have some elements, but also AI. Let's, let's continue um, looking at um, AI. In what way is AI being integrated that can help CX leaders enhance this customer experience? When you look at it from an Informatica, because when I look at last year, the quote or two years ago, where data comes to life, when I, that was that's the, 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 the tagline of Informatica. And now it is yeah. where data and AI come to life. So who? Yeah. Yeah, we expanded a bit. Uh, and this was not just to, uh, uh, to sound sexy, right? Or, or to, this is the new fab, we need to bring in AI into this, into this tagline. Um, I, I think there's actually two ways how AI is revolutionizing uh, you know, a lot of things. And when you look at it from a, from a data management perspective, what we're talking about here, which also drives customer experience, right? Uh, yeah. There are essentially two tracks, if you will. There is yeah. data management for AI. So that's the, the first one. And we talked already about how important data is for AI, for algorithms, for, uh, yeah. because it, it fuels, it trains those algorithms and it fuels whatever the execution of AI is. Uh, it needs that data, right? Yeah. And the higher quality of that data, the better the algorithm will function. It's as yeah. simple as that, right? So that's one angle. 
And the other angle is when you look at Informatica as a software vendor, we are also embedding AI into the data management um, you know, practices. So yeah. when data management professionals have to cleanse their data, integrate it, match and merge it, govern it, all of those things, you know, given that the, 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 the data management task and profession is also becoming more and more complex due to increased volumes, different use cases, and so on and so forth, we also benefit from AI to improve yeah. the data management processes. Right? And, and that's where we infuse uh, you know, our software or AI capabilities where we can automatically map um, uh, you know, systems. But it goes even beyond that because I was in a, a Gartner webinar uh, last Wednesday. So this was, yeah. um, what is the 31st, I think, yeah, of January. And it was yeah. the uh, Gartner Data Analytics predictions for 2024. One of the things that they mentioned, and I, I fully agree to this, is that the interface that data professionals or data enthusiasts, let's call them that, right, uh, I love that. will use to interact. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So the, the data knots, right? How they will interact with, with, um, with data management platforms and data is through, um, you know, assistance like uh, Copilot, um, yeah. you know, for, uh, for, for a data management platform or even yeah. through a chat interface, right? And that chat interface, maybe it, today it is still character-based, right? Chat, but you can, you can only imagine that this will go to exactly yeah, voice. To talk, right? yeah, so to voice, yeah. To talk, to have a conversation with your data management platform, like give me my top five customers uh, of the last quarter and, um, you know, show me the, uh, you know, the traditional uh, customer journey pattern or, you know, we just acquired our biggest competitor. <clears throat> so we need to, uh, to migrate our systems, create one single customer experience. Um, you know, show me all the customers that have both an account at my previous competitor as well as with me. And how would we best uh, segment these new customers? Because it, I, my competitor, they were very low, uh, you know, low value customers. But with me, they spend a lot, right? So does that impact the segmentation that we have uh, yeah. for our customers? So it's these types of questions that you can actually ask from your, uh, you know, your data management platform and, and give you that data, give you the, those insights. So yeah, I think from AI, uh, we've only scratched the surface, really, of the capabilities. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I said we're just starting in the Netherlands. I said it's 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 in the kinderschoen, as we say. It's it's uh, it's it's yeah. in the child's shoes. It, I don't think it's the right translation, but we're just starting. It's it's, and, it's uh, infancy. It it yes, it's infancy. Thank you so much. And um, uh, the thing is, I, I think we are. But this is also very interesting because what I love that you ask. What I say always to CX leaders, you need to have like a, a fact cheat sheet. And what do I mean with that? Is that you have some facts and figures on your customers, but they should be based on data. Like just something funny. Who's our and that could be in an in a commercial uh, context. Who's our oldest customers? Who is our longest customers? Who is the customer with the largest value? value who's the customers who bought the most products or has like when you're an insurance company share of wallet um uh who calls the most how many calls do customers make per person uh how many surveys do we send out it's, it's those facts and figures you should have a cheat sheet with some of those things because this gives you authority this also means that you have to have a conversation with the people that are in charge of that data so 
I'm, I'm going to make it very practical for the people out there because this is just something for the storytelling part. Uh, but we need that facts and figures because we need to engage the organization around the topic. Um, so maybe this could also be a little bit of the nudge that we give people that they have these conversations with the people that are in charge and they find out if I want to have these and these answers to these questions to have my CX cheat sheet on facts and figures, where should I go? Who should yeah. I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, actually, I, I love that question because actually that's something that also was discussed at this, um, you know, 2024 trends. Oh, I think nowadays uh, a lot of a lot of ways. Um, so the, the the CX professionals will go to the data professionals, you know, to help them answering those questions. Right? I need data, yeah. so you build me a data pipeline. You give me access to that data, and, and they will do it. What you'll see with AI happening is that the access part of the data will be taken care of. Right? You talk to a a chatbot or a you know an AI driven uh, you know interface. That will give you access to that data. What will change, though, and this is the the changing role for people in in data, is that they will no longer spend a lot of time with the gathering and publishing of that data. Instead, they will focus more of their time on making sure that that data is of high quality. You know, can I trust it? Um, and to me, that sort of was a you know a paradigm shift where we see jobs change, right? through the infusion and, and rise of, of AI. Uh, so typical things that, um, you know, that are very common today, they will become commodity in the future uh, by ways of AI. But it also means that there are different aspects that will become a lot more important, such as data quality, which drives business applications, business processes, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Everything that I mentioned before. I thought that was really an interesting insight. Right? I like it. I like it a lot. And I like the conversation a lot, but also I want to appreciate the time of the listeners. And I have a couple of questions that I sure. always rounded up with. But for those interested in learning more and deepening their knowledge on data-driven CX, what can they expect from the upcoming Informatica data of MDM and DG Summit on March 13th? What can they expect? Why should they come they and listen to that webinar? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, it, it is a great event um, that is, you know, not just Informatica presenting itself, but we actually have a number of great customer stories and references. And I think just for that, it is already worth listening into. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it is basically a, uh, you know, a way of connecting with your peers, listening to some of their stories, uh, you know, basically have a look in their kitchen, how they handled some of the, the objections and the, the challenges that they faced and what the outcome was, right? These are all customers that have an outcome already. So I think, uh, you know, for that, it, it is very, very valuable uh, to, to join uh, that event and watch that webinar. Yeah, I remember the first time I worked with Informatica and it's already two or three years ago. And that was the first time I got in touch with master of data management and for me it was also oh what what does it mean and and uh, so uh it, it really challenged me to try to understand what you were saying and i think for this so first of all everybody listening you're going to get best practices and maybe also the honest truth about how difficult it was to get to where they are 
But also, I think for us, what's very valuable is that we understand the language that is spoken there. Where should we go? What kind of roles do we see? What kind of trends are there? What can be applicable? So I would really advise you to take that hour and a half um, and to invest it to broaden your horizon to a world that you are not into every day. And you get like a peek behind the scenes um, and you can see and think about yourself. What should I do with this? How much time am I going to put into this and who in my organization am I going to align? I think that's very important. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It, it will give you, I mean, even if it's not your day-to-day job, right? Uh, it will give yeah. you context that you can use and understanding. Yeah. And I think that comes back to the, you know, the partnership uh, yeah. uh, between you as CX professionals and your, your data peeps, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in making this happen. Let's do the data enthusiast. That sounds, that sounds, that's, I think that has the good, the good language. Okay. Finish it off. Everybody listening to the podcast, we get a little bit more of you as a human uh, because, or human, uh, or I don't know what kind of habit you're going to talk about. Well, what is a habit you developed and practice that really delivered results for you? Whether it's CX or not with CX doesn't really matter, but what's a habit? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I, I wrote down a couple. Uh, to be honest. So, oh, and I'll, big I'll, one, big one. I'll try to be short, right? So, the first one is you know, be brutally honest, right? So, um, don't sugarcoat. Um, that has always given me the best results. Um, you know, for instance, on an opportunity, if the opportunity is not for us, then I will tell the customer, look, it's better you go somewhere else, right? But do it in a way that you use the carrot instead of a stick, right? Never be, um, um, how do you say, um, inappropriate, never be, you know, always, always make sure that, uh, that, that person will gain something out of it. Right. So, so yep. that's the what's first. in it for you. The second what's in is it for you. Exactly. What's in it for you. Yeah. Uh, so the second is be curious, um, and also skeptical, you know, question everything and anything. I mean, any, you know, there are no stupid questions. There are stupid answers, but there are no stupid questions. Right. Um, so questioning everything without being cynical or paranoid, um, you know, just be very open. If, if, if you see it, say it, basically that's, that's one thing. And the last one, always, 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 and I cannot stress this enough, be passionate, you know, lean in, give back, um, you know, because in my experience, being able to give something that is valuable to others is the second best emotion that you can experience because the first one is obviously is love, right? Um, yeah. But giving back is is super important. Um, so so I, I do that a lot. I teach a data engineering class at the University of Rotterdam. I, you know, I'm an uh, inclusion and diversity master at, at Informatica. So I, I try to do all these things uh, on the side and really give back uh, in some of the experience that I have. So yeah, that's that's would be my answer to that question. It's uh, three habits, and uh, we give you the three thumbs up. All right, last one, very practical. What is a book or podcast or video or film or movie or whatever that you recommend the listeners spend time up to spice up their leadership? What's your suggestion? I'm making a list yeah. of all my guests, so this is going to be very interesting. Exactly. So. I mean, I am not a like full-on CX uh, professional, right? Uh, I'm more in the in the data. Um, yeah, but we can learn. I'm also we can learn exactly. So I I, I chose something which is a bit out of the box uh, for for people, but it is it was very inspiring to me. So I'm 
know, I'm, I'm an amateur astronomer as well, and, and I'm a big fan of the late astronomer and science educator, uh, Carl Sagan. Now, um, so this may not be directly related to CX, but, but bear with me as I explain. So when astronauts go to space, they experience something that is called the overview effect. Right? What the and over? And the real overview, the overview effect. Oh, overview. Yeah, overview. Yeah. Overview effect. Yes, exactly. And yeah. what the overview effect really is, it's, it's sort of this realization that they are part of something bigger while they are very small and insignificant, right? And it can be very overwhelming, humbling, yet super inspiring at the same time. And Carl Sagan puts this best in his book, uh, The Pale Blue Dot. It is a book that's from the 90s, but it's still applicable today. And, and um, there is one excerpt of this, of that book that can be found all over the internet. So search Carl Sagan, Pale Blue Dot, and you'll find it. And he basically gives this beautiful description of Earth, you know, as a tiny speck suspended by a light beam. And the text is so beautiful and so inspiring. And I think for the CX professional, right, if it, it, bringing it down to that is you owe it to every customer and employee to sort of let them experience this overview effect, you know, wow them, make them feel part of something bigger and make them actually stand up for something better, uh, you know, with your organization. Wow. Uh, so that's, that's one. The other one that I, I was oh we have we have more you 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 do again I, I too so <laughs> I I like giving I like giving back right so so the second <laughs> one is because I thought I should bring in a podcast as well right the book is is no so but nice. it's okay it's I good should, yeah yeah so the other one is and and this is also more um, you know a tip for CX leaders to sort of broaden their horizon so I follow this podcast which is the Lex uh, Lex Friedman uh, podcast I'm not sure if you've heard of it so Lex is a an AI uh, researcher at, uh, at MIT but his podcast is not necessarily about about AI his podcast has conversations about science technology and, and history and philosophy and you know nature of intelligence consciousness love and power so it, it's it's very very broad and the funny thing is most of his podcasts, they go about three hours in length or even longer, right? And it is a, it is a conversation. It is a conversation, Nika. It is fantastic to listen uh, on if you're like on a long journey and you really want to get inspired. And because they, they really go long, they go wide, they go deep. Now, there's this one episode uh, with uh, James Sexton. And James Sexton is a divorce lawyer, Right. And one of the topics in this podcast is, you know, why marriages fail. So what Lex does is he asks James, like, what is the, 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 the first signal, right, that you sort of figured out that this marriage was going to go down, right, that the, the marriage was tanking? And, you know, he has a very interesting response to this. And all I can say is, you know, Google the combination James Sexton, Granola. And there's another term that I cannot share here, but you'll find it when you, you Google for it. Um, and so when you think of, you know, customer experience and things like churn, you know, I guess the question is, when did your customers stop the granola? Right? And, yeah. and everything will become clear when you Google this. But this <laughs> will give you a bit of an out, out of the box inspiration. And I mean, you asked about spicing up CX leadership, right? So this is it. This is spicy. That's what we want. That's what we want. Exactly. And I'm here. People might be like, why? I'm wearing a sweater. Normally I'm not, but it was so cold here. Um, and I forgot to put on my, uh, the heating. So I thought, well, I need to, I need to have like a big sweater on. <laughs> um, so Barry, Barry, 
Barry Wildhagen, Barry Wildhagen, let's make it uh, uh, something fancy. <laughs> we're taping this on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. We should actually have like a beer or a glass of wine, but we're not. We're, we're really we sober while taping yeah. this. And we should because data yeah. is a serious topic. I want to thank you so much for an interesting conversation, for also making me think on what should CX leaders do with data instead of just work hard with it. How should we go about? And for me, um, it's about connecting with the right people. Who should I connect with? Having the good contacts that you understand, f- defining your role, I think is very, very important. And of course, for everybody listen, you've probably never heard it, but there is a really nice webinar on the 13th of March and the link is in the show notes. And of course, your LinkedIn profile will also be in the show notes. Thank you so, so much. You're most welcome, Nika. So thank you for having me on the show. And I hope uh, you know people uh, uh, like to listen to it and, and reach out. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then, yeah. I love to connect. I love stories. So tell me what you think. I'm very happy with the conversation. So thank you so much. You've been listening to CX Leadership Talks. Ninka is a customer experience speaker and educator. She has written books and spoken and educated leaders all around the world. She's one of the global thought leaders in the field. We hope you've enjoyed this show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can also find us on YouTube and LinkedIn and ninkabloom.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And we'll see you next time on CX Leadership Talks.